part of this day is to is to gather through some of the stories to give you an idea what goes on in this hospital on a given day or what can go on and what lives get impacted and affected uh lives for example like uh, little morgan's she was uh born just uh, just over 10 years ago i guess and uh things didn't seem right right off the bat but let's find out more from patrick uh, her dad, who's going to join us this morning and tell us a little bit about the journey that Morgan has gone through, that the whole family has gone through, and how the story has played a role. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Good morning. I am fantastic this morning. Well, I'm thrilled to hear that. I don't know that it's always been that way over the last <laughs> few years. Uh, this, this, is quite, this is a stunning story to me. Can you tell me a little bit about Morgan's story and just how early on you started having to have, uh, have this interaction with the story? Oh, no, for sure. And I think it's also about being optimistic in life and everything. So, um, Morgan, she was born, she was born September 24th of 2012. And like every parent's dream, you know, she was in perfect health. And then two months later, in November of 2012, she had a seizure and was rushed to the Stollery Children's Hospital. Now, that day, she had six seizures and received numerous tests at the hospital, you know, including blood work, CT scan, EEG, MRI, spinal tap, you name it, she had it. And after analyzing oh, the results... This is a little baby. This is, this is an uh, infant. Yeah. yeah, two months old. And, you know, as a parent, you're like, what is going on? But, you know, the doctors, they advised that Morgan had been diagnosed with cortical dysplasia, which is really a brain abnormality that causes seizures. And... The thing for a parent, they were really upfront with us and told us that she would likely never outgrow this condition. So we, we were kind of faced with that and kind of knew what we're getting into. And, you know, from that moment, um, she had seizures consistently. And in December of 2014, she had over 500 seizures in that one month, including almost 30 on Christmas Day. Like that's, I mean, it's hard to believe now that eight years have passed. And, you know, she was on four medications at the time. We were making trips to the Stollery for an IV treatment every month. And the doctors continued to review her condition. And they let us know that she was a prime candidate for brain surgery. So basically to remove a part of her brain that was causing the seizures. So, and, and that was back in uh, early 2015. We're kind of talking about this. And from early 2015 to April of 2021, so it's basically a six-year period. So when she was from two to eight years old, she, her seizures had somewhat subsided. She was only having about one every three days, which was a huge improvement from late 2014. I mean, she was having 20 to 30 a day, which is like just hard to fathom as a parent. Oh. And uh, on April the 28th of uh, 2021, she did go in for brain surgery, frontal lobe lesionectomy, to be exact. You know, it was a four-hour surgery. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, right. So it was a four-hour surgery that... Um, probably one of the most stressful things as a parent to give your kid over to the doctors to perform potentially life-changing surgery without, you know, a hundred percent success. You put a lot of faith and trust in the doctors and the medical professionals at that story. Surgery was a success. Basically they go into her brain and take out a piece that's causing issues. And you, you kind of come out saying, well, you take a part out, what does it have on any other impact on her life? Right. Yeah. What's, what else is going to happen? So exactly. Yeah. And, and has there been any impact? Obviously, that and, and from what I, I understand, life is a lot better since then. But can you talk, take us through after that surgery and what changes you did see, good and bad? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And early on, she was diagnosed with a severe speech delay, and she was reading below her grade level for a long time. 
But since her surgery, she's vastly improved. And, you know, the neurological experts have assisted us as well as Morgan's teachers with the constant communication between the, the groups and helping us to understand learning styles and things that would benefit her growth. I mean, to me, you know, thanks to the Stollery team, the teachers, family, friends, she's able to live life as a typical 10-year-old. It's it just awesome to see, like, you know, running around, playing, and, and, and a normal kid, right? So it's a, not worrying about a daily seizure is awesome. <laughs> That is absolutely extraordinary. I'm curious because I can hear the positivity in your voice. I can hear the optimism <laughs> in your voice. And I guess from where you started, where this little two-month-old baby that was seemed perfect in every way and then suddenly those problems, that would have been a heck of a journey. Were you as optimistic when you started as you are now, or is that something you, you helped to learn through the journey, or, uh, or is it a combination? <laughs> a good question. I, I think it's a combination. I mean, up front, there's so much uncertainty. You know, as a parent, you you're, you you want to try and protect your kids as much as possible, right? And, and because Morgan's seizures were unpredictable, essentially, you know, as a parent, I didn't want to let her out of my sight as I wanted to protect her all the time. And with any kid, you know, that's impossible. You can't do that. But with a seizure, it's like an added fear. Is she going to hurt herself? I don't know. And you really don't want to let her medical condition divine who she is. And it, it, we just take it day by day, like even from her initial seizure, the diagnosis, diagnosis of cortical dysplasia, treatment after treatment, brain surgery, and now she was diagnosed yesterday with ADHD. So it's just another thing we just have to, you know, overcome and, and work through with her. Well, and that's also part of what the Stollery does, too, is they deal with the medical condition. I guess, you know, they, you know, physically, this is something we can go and fix. But there are an awful lot of other things that, that enter into a child's life and development that they also try to address. Did you find that as well? Oh, yeah, I know, for sure. And I think, like, they're always there to help you and provide guidance. Talking to the doctors, uh, getting their teams together. And the Stollery's really, you know, out there to um, focus on the kids themselves and what would Mm -hmm. benefit them and making it a, you know, an environment that they can go to, not just a, you know, normal hospital, we'll say. Uh, I'm curious about 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 your daughter Morgan. Like, what grade is she in? What's she doing? Yep. How are things? What's daily life like? So Morgan, uh, like you mentioned earlier, she's now ten years old. She's in grade five. You know, she loves reading, playing with Lego board games, playing with her brother. She's playing the piano now. Uh, she takes swimming lessons, riding her scooter around. She's just a little <laughs> beautiful girl that is, you know, a typical typical ten year old, right? Which is awesome to see. That's great. What what do you tell people about the Stollery uh, when you? Because I'm sure that I'm sure you end up telling Morgan's story more than a few times. <laughs> what do you tell them about the hospital? And I, and I know it's. I think it's probably kind of an obvious question. I'm just curious about some of those conversations. What kind of questions you get asked and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, we always get asked about um, um, what our seizures look like. Right. And and I've always over the years tried to be prepared, you know, in the days when she's having constant seizures, I'd have my cell phone handy, the camera ready to go capture the video of her having a seizure. You have those videos and uh, I maintain a spreadsheet detailing everything that she's ever gone through on that aspect and share it with the doctors. We always get questions like, what does seizure look like? What was she doing before and after the seizure? How long it was? Um, what impact does it have on her? So you learn pretty quick to keep as much documentation as you can to share with the doctors. And her latest seizure that she had um, 
January the 15th, she had one. And it really caught me off guard. And I, it, it's the first seizure she had in over 628 days seizure-free. And it, was, it broke my heart to see her go through another seizure. <laughs> There's n- nothing you can do about it, right? And it's, um, it's hard. But what I tell people about the Stollery is, you know, they have um, the health professionals there continue to do all they can to help the kids. And everyone there is amazing not just the doctors and the nurses that everyone usually mentions, but also, you know, the admitting staff, the cleaning staff, the child life staff that help the kids, social workers, yeah. technicians, the gift shops, everyone there. It's a whole family. And they're just truly awesome and a dedicated team. And in ways of, like, the thing I always focus on talking about donating is donating to the stallery really is important. It helps purchase much needed equipment they need. It goes to work conducting research, training for medical professionals to help kids like Morgan. And, and I mean, everyone knows, you know, hospitals get base funding from the government, but this, these additional funds really go towards specialized needs for the kids. And like I said, it provides a more welcoming environment for them to go to, so it's not a uh, typical hosp- hospital that you would, uh, an adult would likely go to. Um, and, and me, Stoller is right here. <laughs> Having a world-class facility so close is incredible. Like, it's, and it's reassuring to me, it's, this thing is right here for all kids to get mental, medical attention as they need. And really, if you and your family have not visited the Stoller yourself, you likely know somebody that has. So and it's always there to help so many people. And it's nice to know that it's like literally a 30-minute drive away right, where in the city. So. Uh, before I let you go, Patrick, what's, uh, what's Morgan's prognosis for the future? Uh, what do you think? Like you said, she did have one seizure, but that's a, that's a, lot, a lot different than the hundreds that she had seen. So do we know where, you know what her path looks like? Uh, you know, right now we're not quite sure where this is going, but we do have a follow-up EEG uh, next month with the doctors to kind of re- relook at brain activity and seizures after what's happening and really constant communication. She's she's growing. We've got plans with the the, the uh, teachers at school to kind of work on different developmental opportunities for her. So, uh, again, remaining optimistic through all this is awesome, and they're Absolutely. always there to help and provide guidance. And even other parents that have children with solid, you build a network and, and work with them so you feel comfortable. I get inspired uh, hearing parents like you and the optimism and the joy that you have in your life. You have this little girl, this beautiful little girl that obviously there have been. There have been some challenges, but uh, what an amazing way to, to come through and then look forward with that optimism. Patrick, thank you so much for, for chatting with us this morning. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.